Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz get the win. It wasn't pretty, but it was a win. They had a huge lead. They're up by 22. They're blowing Charlotte out. Charlotte's going back-to-back. Gordon Hayward isn't playing. But the Jazz aren't in a great place right now, so sustaining that for most of the game was always going to be tricky. And sure enough, Charlotte made a run. Charlotte actually took the lead in the fourth quarter. But the Jazz finished strong, and when it's all said and done, they had the win. And there's a lot of things to talk about in this game, and we'll do that coming up later this morning. The best of the postgame show is coming up later this hour. But if I had to say one thing, I would say 102. The Jazz are so gifted offensively that even when they miss open shots, and they miss some open shots in that game last night, but even when they do, they're going to beat 102 points most of the time. They did last night. They held the Hornets to 102. And if the Jazz hold people to 102 points, they're going to win. If they held the Spurs to 102 points, they would have won Friday night. If they held the Wizards, never mind. You get the point. It worked. You know, Charlotte's a mediocre team playing without an important player, going back-to-back on the road. But nonetheless, the Jazz got the win. And there's 82 games, and sometimes you just have to win however you can. Win ugly is the cliche. Actually, I thought there were stretches where the Jazz looked really good, and I don't think anybody complained about the first quarter. I don't think anybody complained about the last uh, you know, four or five minutes of the game either. In between, there are some ugly stretches, but in the end, they got the win. Best of postgame show coming up. Some big-picture stuff on the Jazz. With Steve Cleveland. How aggressive is Danny Ainge going to be as he manages this roster? He is the CEO. He did not come in as a consultant. came in as a CEO. What does Ainge think? How is he going to act? Steve Cleveland knows him well. they got the BYU connection. We'll hear from Steve next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We had Steve Cleveland on in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday. Went big picture on the Jazz. You'll hear him reference the Friday and Saturday losses, but not the Hornets game. That's why. But most of the questions are big picture, especially about Danny Ainge's role and his attitude and how he's going to lead this franchise going forward. And Ainge's not coming in as a consultant. I thought he might. I, I was 100% sure when he left Boston he was going to work for the Jazz. But maybe in a consultant role, No. He sits at the press conference and says, I'm going to be here every day. I'm not going to be here 16 hours every day, but I'm going to be here every day. So his his thumbprint is going to be on this franchise going forward. Steve Cleveland knows him well, so PK and I talked to Steve about that. Here's Steve. Steve, good morning. (laughs) Good morning. Steve, PK uh, just threw something out. And I be- and he and I have not talked about it, but I believe this 100%. But I believe you have spent more time with the two people in question, and I think you're going to endorse what we believe, but it will mean more coming from you because we're viewing from a distance and you know them better. But I believe the Jazz owner, Ryan Smith, just hired a guy he's uh, friends with, Danny Ainge, and I believe they both like to roll the dice more than jazz management has like to roll the dice for decades. And I think that, um, and I think this isn't a surprise if you're in the tech industry. We've all heard the phrase creative disruption. And even though uh, Ryan Smith unloaded the radio station pretty quickly, the little bit of time that he owned the team and owned the radio station, we heard from our managers, be inventive, try something different. Don't stick with the status quo. If you don't make a mistake, you're not trying and coming up with new ideas. 
I think they're going to be more aggressive in player movement than ever before. Now, that doesn't mean they're crazy, and that doesn't mean they're looking to turn the roster upside down tomorrow or at the trade deadline. But when we look back over two or three years, we're going to say, wow, the Jazz are much more aggressive in player moves. Do you believe that based on your relationship with these two people? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I I think they're – you look at both of them and their success, and, and, and I'm, you know, I know Ryan, and I, I think my grandchildren and, and his children, uh, I've had a son move back up there, so they, th- there's a relationship there, and I've met Ryan a few times, and, uh, but you just look at his life and what he's done and uh, the aggressiveness and just the intelligence and just the, being able to kind of, for me, they're, bo- they're both kind of visionary people, but Ryan specifically, is someone that from a very young age had a vision about stuff that he's just, he's got an incredible mind. And I think that Danny is a guy that's always thinking outside of the box. And, and, and both of them are so confident, so successful, very people oriented and, and really connections and relationships are important to them. And when you look at what's happened throughout the state of Utah, especially the impact that Ryan Smith has had, uh, I don't think any of us five or ten years ago are thinking that, you know, this would be the guy that would own the Jazz and run the Jazz. But and I have complete confidence in this guy to, to, to do things that are different that have been done, uh, to really take the Jazz to another level. And, listen, they've been really successful, but they, you know, I think these guys want to win championships, and they're, and they're not that far away. So uh, making deals and bringing guys in uh, is going to be something that I could see them doing you know, very quickly. Uh, we got. I don't know when. When is the trade deadline here coming up? I mean, it, it's oh, coming got, up pretty soon. Yeah, they got and, a few weeks. Uh, so they got a few weeks, and you know, there's I don't know, maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty people with that group. That I don't know if they're going to make any immediate moves, but down the road, I can see them really. Uh, their uh, their their impact on on this program is significant, and especially with Danny coming in with all the experience he has and the understanding of the game. Um, I, I read the articles that you know indicated that this kind of caught Danny off guard. I think we all just assumed that Danny would be there, but I'm not sure that was true. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I, I think they're going to have an impact immediately. Just all of that experience as a player, as an owners, as uh, general managers. I mean, Danny's had about every job except ownership in a in, a, in an NBA franchise. So. Uh, he sees this thing with a different set of lenses than than most people do. So, no, it's it's going to be good. I think it's nothing but good for Utah for the Jazz uh, and make making them take, getting them to the next step where they're winning. I mean, they, they got to win a championship. That's what they're there for. That's what they want. I'm sure that's their goal is to win an NBA championship. And and they're close. They're close. But I don't I, I don't necessarily think right now that it's it's where it's going to end up being terms of personnel bold moves always fascinate me you know i think that it was a bold move to hire you from the junior colleges and you talked about it a million times over this no-name dude out of fresno and you know and it had the monumental job you had to do and proved to be successful you got to the tournament in four years and you brought rose aboard and rose bought pope so your influence is still felt all these years later but bold moves always just intrigue me and this doesn't really make sense but i'm gonna say it anyway how careful do you have to be when you make a bold move typically you make bold moves when 
maybe things that have not been working and you want to take a chance. I mean, when I think of that, that first thing that comes to my mind is maybe we need to look at this with a different set of lenses. We maybe let's take a different perspective on this. This is what we've been doing for a long time. And even though there's a lot of good, it's not where we want to be and we want to get to the next step. I mean, I, I think when you, 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 people usually are pretty bold, at least we look at them from the outside inside and go, oh, that was, take, you know, that's taking a chance. I you know, wonder how that's going to work out. And, uh, but I also believe that people that make bold moves, and in the case of Ryan and, and, and Coach, that they, they have so much experience. And in in business, in the game, and with people, that uh, I, I think they have the confidence in themselves that yes, I think these are two two good men who could be bold, and they're not afraid and fearful of uh, uh, of the challenges that lie ahead. I mean, I, I think that's why Ryan Smith got to where he is, and is successfully in business. And I think Danny Ainge, from from being a player. Uh, all the things he was involved in. I mean, it's bold for Danny Ainge to be playing baseball when he was playing basketball. And, and then, as, as obviously, as, as a coach, uh, and then running an organization with Boston for years, uh, these are two men that aren't afraid to make a decision. And, uh, and, I, I, and they, they'll be sound decisions, but I think to some they will seem bold. And really, when you think about the Jazz, they've not been a – an organization that's made a lot of really big-time bold moves. They've had great coaching, and they've got it done a nice job with the draft. And, and right now, have a really, you know, have one of the top three or four teams in the NBA. But knowing Ryan Smith and knowing how competitive Danny Ainge is, you know, there, there's one thing they're looking at doing here: and then making bold moves to win an NBA championship. How's that going to happen? How's that going to work? Uh, I know Dan. I don't. I'm not a. You know. I obviously I've known Danny because I coached his son, and and we've had conversations and been around each other. But the one thing I've known and respected about him from the outside, he's always thinking. He's always tinkering. He's always considering the next step. And and I got to believe that Ryan Smith, the empire that he built financially for himself and his companies, he's done the same thing. So you've got two really bright minds that are good friends that both have passion for golf and for basketball and those kinds of things. So they have a lot in common, and uh, it makes sense that they're going to do it together. So we have a guy named Steven tweeting at us, and I wonder how much truth you think to uh, his theory here is. We're talking about what's wrong with the Jazz. They lost twice this weekend. The Spurs at home were one of the – you know, worst teams in the West, and then the Wizards, who are kind of a mediocre team in the East. Steven says, having Ainge in the front office has the players on edge and screwing with the team, hence two straight losses. I wish he wasn't with the Jazz. Now, I don't think you'll go with, I wish he wasn't with the Jazz, but I'm curious what you think about Ainge in the front office has the players on edge and screwing with the team's mentality. How much do you buy into that, and how much is that just an excuse? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't buy into that. I, I, I mean... I think that any time you lose to two teams that you absolutely should beat at home, there are going to be a lot of question marks. And, and, and those were you know, two bad losses. And uh, and, and certainly uh, not, not not to take anything away. The one thing right now, and I, 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 I didn't see those games, and specifically I read about them, I saw highlights and things, but – there's so many issues right now in this league dealing with protocol and injuries. You never know who's playing. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll sit there and, 
get online and, and watch games. And you know, you, you there are more people playing in the NBA right now that I've never heard of. That you're going, well, no, where did this guy come from? You know, and all of a sudden some guy goes for 27, and and you're going, hey, he he hasn't played in like two years. You know, I mean, right now I, I think the thing that's impacting the, the entire league is, is, is the protocols again, and and, and I I, don't, I think it's going to get worse, and I think the injuries are going to go. So I I think there's more of those kind of issues impacting the entire league where they're so inconsistent, and you never know who's going to play. And who's on the team and what's going to go on and managing that? I mean, we got coaches in the, in protocol, we got players in protocol, and it, it's just a it's a revolving door every every day. It's a different team, and that's going to lend itself to upsets. It's going to lend itself to teams not playing with great chemistry and and just fledgling around. And but typically, you would think through all that, at least if you're at home, if you're at home, you know that that puts you in a position. Those two games they shouldn't have lost. There's just no way. And, and, you know, and whether it's, you know, defensively, uh, you know, there were some challenges. But with Danny and Ryan going back to them and their leadership, um, these, these are guys that have had so much experience and so much understanding with people and organizations that, you know, I, I feel absolutely confident that they're going to take this to another level. I don't know what it's going to look like and how it's going to happen. But I'm convinced the passion they have to, as successful businessmen, successful athletes, successful people all around throughout their lives, that they're not afraid. They're not afraid to take a chance and do certain things. And I, usually fear comes from a lack of understanding. You know, I, you know I'm not sure what we're going to do here, what we're going to do there. I think with Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge, you've got a combination of two guys that have so much experience, so much understanding. There won't be a great deal of fear. Not every decision is going to be perfect. Not every decision is going to work. But uh, they're going to think outside the box, unlike probably many people in the the NBA. Late game situations, last possession, that type of thing. The ball's been in Mitchell's hands. There's been a couple times where it hasn't gone like they've wanted. The other night against the Spurs, he had had uh, a little bit of a situation. He's dribbling the ball, and he's trying to get to the basket. And it seems like his head is down in terms of, I'm going to get to the basket. He ends up doing like a scoop. And it does, man, it just seemed like it sat on the rim for for 10 seconds, and it didn't roll in. It rolled off. Uh, he's your best player, obviously, offensively in particular, and he's very dynamic. How do you coach getting the ball into your best player's hands, but him also understanding that he's got four guys out there, so it doesn't necessarily need to be him shooting, but at the same time, you don't want to discourage him. You want him to keep his confidence up. It seems like it's somewhat of a del- delicate balance there. You know, it, it is. And, and, and I'm, you know, whether you're a high school coach or a junior college coach or Division One coach or the NBA, I mean, you, 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 you come into every game knowing that certain scenarios that you're prepared for, like, you know, you're down one, you're down two, you're down three, you know, whatever the circumstances are. And, and you talk through those things. I mean, that, that those are things that are talked about in practice early on. And that these, here's our late game plays. Here's our late game sets. We're going to try to get the ball. But one, one thing that I, I know that I did as a coach is that I had five or six out of bounds plays or sideline baseline uh, or, you know, 30 seconds left in the game, 20 seconds, 10 You know, you have all of that set up. That, 
that has been practiced. It's, it's been orchestrated in practice. It's, it's kind of like, well, hey, we're just going to give him the ball. He's going to go, no, this is what we're going to do. This is where we need to be. Now, that being said, I think there's a lot of, uh, just through the public's eye and through media scrutiny, that, you know, if the wrong guy shoots the ball and misses, it's on the coach. Because why in the world would he have him taking that shot when you've got, you know, Donovan Mitchell over here who can do this, you know? And so you, you kind of you kind of protect yourself in, in, a, in a way in the sense that I always did it this way. I mean, I tried to – I absolutely tried to make sure that I got the ball in the hands of the guy that was hot, the guy that was to get me to the free throw line, to run a ISO – or a set where we could get to the free throw line if we were down one or whatever we were, or if we're down three, we got to have a three. So, you know, you have all those things prepared. But I think one of the things you always say coming out of the timeout, especially to, to the guys taking the shot, listen, man, you can do this. I said, if you get doubled, if you get doubled, find, find somebody there, you know. And I always allowed them to, in their mind, know that, hey, I have full confidence in you. But if they come out of you with two or three people, here, what are we going to do if we get doubled? And you have to practice that. You have to practice that. If you don't practice late-game situations, most of the time that they take place, it's just the luck of the draw. A guy hits a fadeaway 17-footer and goes in, well, what a great play, you know. Well, no, we got lucky there. So I think for anybody that's in coaching at any level, has to have late-game situations. they got to have them covered from every spot on the floor, and every day you take 10 minutes on late-game situations, down two, 20 seconds, down one, or three seconds. You know, and, and you do that defensively as well. You know, because a lot of times uh, it, it's a pretty popular thing. If you're up, you know, you're, you've got a situation where you foul and take, get them to the free throw line. I've seen every play that's a, to, that worked for me, and I've seen sometimes things that backfire. You know, you fouled early, and all of a sudden, you know, they make a shot, they miss it, they get the rebound, a guy hits a three, and you lose the game. But I think, I do believe that. This situation in the NBA, you know, you're, you, you've always got one or two guys that can go make a play, but there's so much prep that goes into that in practice that it's not like, hey, I'm going to drop a new play. That, that, that seldom happens. Like I'm going to drop a new play here in 30 seconds to give the guys that they've never run. That's not happening. I mean, I, I think sometimes the media, I think fans give them credit. Oh man, you do a great. They've probably been practicing that play for two months. And with that specific guy, Donovan Mitchell, shooting the ball. Uh, but things happen, and, and good coaches can defend late-game things. And I always made sure that, listen, you do not you do not have to shoot this thing with two people and give it up. Find the open man. I mean, the, the primary thing is going there. You can do this. You can finish it. Knock it down. And, and you're always – if he misses it, he misses it. You know, you, you just got to walk away and say, hey, I had the hands of my best player. Or, hey, I had the hands of my best player. They, they doubled him. He couldn't get it off. And he kicked it out to Conley, who's a great three-point shooting guard, and he missed it. You've done what you've done. You're disappointed. You kind of pass the media test and the fan test. And you say, hey, we had a good play run. That's where we were. Now, you know, you can go back to why were we behind in that situation. <laughs> and that's a whole other narrative and conversation. Man, why were we down anyway? We're playing two teams that are pretty average at home. Uh, and, uh, and well, we, we didn't guard. We didn't guard defensively. I mean, the reason they, the, the reason they lost to, uh, to both those teams is just defensively they weren't as good as they needed to be throughout the game, not just late. 
Totally agree with that. 36 points in the first quarter to the Spurs and 41 in the third. I mean, good yeah. grief. That can't happen. <laughs> no, it can't happen. And, again, uh, you guys are really close to it, but it didn't seem like they were down a lot of bodies and, and you're playing at home, you're sleeping in your own bed. Uh, you, you, you go through that. I mean, it's a grind. I can't even imagine playing 80-some games and, and uh, do what they do. But they travel well. They, you know – it's not that difficult, but I do believe, I'll go back to what I said before, I think we're going to see more upsets and more of this, it, it, you know, just because of all of the COVID protocols, all of the injuries that are happening, just all of the nonsense that seems to be impacting the league. So, I, I mean, it's, it's really, really obvious that Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors uh, are really, really good, and Golden State probably going to get a little bit better when and Clay comes back, and we know that Utah's been really, really good. They've got 20 wins, but 80% of this league is hovering around 500. <laughs> you know, a few games over, a few games under, uh, and I and I do believe that oh, there's parity in the league. No, that's fine, but I just not having the same team day in and day out uh, really uh, it, it hurts. It, it, it's a challenge, and so the teams that can stay healthy and deal with protocol and, uh, and keep their guys. And Utah's been able to do that pretty much. But, uh, I mean, I, I think that uh, they've got three games here coming up that are all very, very winnable games. And uh, But, again, you can't take the Hornets for granted. I mean, they, you know, Hayward comes in here, you know, and drops 40 because he's back in Utah and LaMelo Bell and Rozier and, and Bridges. I mean, those are all good players. And if you don't come to play – Hornets can beat you at home. T-Wolves won four in a row, <laughs> you know, and, and and not, you know, they beat Portland and Denver and Lakers and the Mavs. I mean, none of those teams are playing great, but they've won four in a row. And and I'm not sure if Luke is playing for the Mavs, but uh, I think that, uh, you know, th- those are three really winnable games. So uh, hopefully they'll get turned around this week and have a great week and, you know, all of a sudden be 23-9. and nine. And, and right there where they want to be. But we'll see. You just never know. You never know. But it seems like Conley's healthy now, right? He's playing better and back. And uh, I don't follow it as close as you guys do, but it seems like they're at pretty full strength. So there's real no excuse to, to go through this homestand and, and just kind of fall flat on your face. Uh, these are three winnable games at home. And, 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 and none of those teams are great defensively. And so they, they should, scoring should not be a problem. Throw a basketball question at you. If you're Mark Pope, you lose your two big guys. How do you not feel sorry for yourself? Uh, it's impossible. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Mark, he's, the, uh, he's so positive about everything. And, uh, you know, he's got those two bigs. That, that hurts. And, and with Loner and Letighi and Troyori, I'm not sure if Francis George, you got four guys that are all undersized that are strong and athletic, but it, it, it'll catch up to them. I, the one thing that BYU does have is, is they've got they've got guys that can shoot it in the perimeter, and and, and as long as they continue, you know, whether it's Marcello or you know Spencer Johnson or Nell, and even the Knight, the Knight kid who's new to the program, has has hit the three ball, and and so that keeps them in games. Uh, when they play undersized people, but over over time, uh, it, it's made it more challenged for them, no question. 
And uh, they're going to play, I guess they're in Hawaii playing in a tournament. And I, I think I looked at the they're, – they're all teams I think they can beat. Uh, but when you're down numbers and guys get hurt or guys get tired, it does it can't have an impact. But, no, it's tough. Tough because Marcello – but, but uh, Harward – uh, is a guy that it takes up so much space. And I have watched him. I've been in Utah in the summer and watched him in his workouts and thought that he, he's just kind of a, a beast there. And, uh, and to not have him, Baxter, obviously losing Baxter hurts as well. But Harward had such a presence at the rim. And uh, it doesn't sound like either one of them were coming back, to be honest with you. So they'll, they'll do what they got to do. But uh, – BYU's got a nice – they had a nice win at Weaver. And, uh, I, you know, I watched Utah play, by the way, for the first time. And, you know, Coach Smith, I mean, I'd seen him at Utah State, but he, he does a nice job. And uh, I, I know they don't have all the pieces yet. They're, they're, uh, Fresno State's going to come in and play them Tuesday. Uh, Justin Hudson, who's the coach at Fresno State, is, is a good friend of mine. Um, he was at San Diego State a long time. And – his dad was a high school coach here, but he's he's got a nice squad. They're nine and two. They're not real big, but they do have a kid, Orlando Robinson, who's about a seven footer, that'll probably be drafted this year. But they re- they're really they play hard. They're really athletic. They guard like the San Diego State teams did in the past, and and Justin was a part of that. I I don't know how they'll be at altitude and they can make enough baskets, but that'll be a, that'll be a good test for Utah as well. Well, Steve, we appreciate the time. As always, have a Merry Christmas, and we will talk to you again next week. You guys too, man. Take care. There's Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. When we come back, Jazz Hornets, the best of the postgame show, next. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to get to the best of the postgame show as the Jazz get a win at home over the Hornets. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. Jazz get back to their winning ways last night with a win over Charlotte, 112-102. A game a lot of folks, myself included, uh, anticipated was going to be a big-time offensive game because of the two teams playing. It was not. The Jazz got back to uh, a little bit uh, of edge on the defensive side of the ball, however, and come away with a win by 10. Rudy Gobert with a 20-20 performance, 23 points, 21 rebounds in the win. Bogdanovich had 23. Donovan with 21. Conley with uh, with 14 to lead the way for the Utah Jazz. Of course, Gordon Hayward did not play for the Hornets, but they were led by uh, LaMelo Ball who had 21 points. Miles Bridges had uh, 21. Terry Rozier had 20. Terry got uh, hot there in the fourth, but not quite enough as the Jazz hold off the Hornets. 112 102. Let's get some postgame sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Yeah, I thought the second quarter um, we weren't in sync, you know, the, the way that we were the other three quarters. And I, I thought really the way that we came out, um, you know, in the third and the fourth, um, for them to take a take a lead and for us to really dig in defensively um, and to keep playing the right way. You know, a lot of the shots we missed were, you know, really clean, good threes. And then I thought, you know, as, as they started to really stay home on the shooters, we were able to get to the rim. So just, you know, I think the way that we played, particularly given the fact that, you know, we didn't play that way in the second quarter. So to see our team respond, you know, there were times when we almost overpassed. Um, you could you could feel that, but usually – you know, th- those shots are big shots and there are shots, as I've said, um, you know, not as many of them went in tonight as typically, 
but you know, I thought we, we kept playing the right way. And, uh, and I thought it really showed on the defensive end too. We kept us connected and we bounced back. There was a couple turnovers that, you know, what it looked like we had a real advantage and we're going to score in transition and they ended up being, you know, layups for them. Uh, so you look at some of those swings and for us to overcome that, I thought shot a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of commitment and a lot of connectivity um, during, during a time when you had, you know, Rogier was hitting shots, they were getting some, some buckets off our turnover. So I just, I liked our mental toughness in the second half. Quinn, uh, Rudy Gobert set a career by making 15 and 16 free throws. Um, what, what did you think of just kind of the timeliness of, of some of those makes? They came at I think critical the, junctures in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the biggest thing is that he got to the line 16 times, and I, I think that shows – um, his balance and his patience. He's not just trying to get it up to the rim. He's, um, he's more conscious of where his defender is. And so they, they were fouls. You know, he was making them foul him or he was going to dunk. Uh, so, and then to step to the line and, and have the confidence that he did. That, that's something that, you know, that's been a big point of emphasis for him. Um, not just people on our staff saying that to him, but it's something that he's really internalized and, and he works on it. So uh, those are, you know, particularly, you know, when, you know, it's maybe got a chance to be an and one, you know, where it looks like he's going to dunk and he, he gets fouled. He goes to the line, he makes them both. It, there's a lift that takes place there. Um, so it, it was really, really good to see. And I, I thought, you know, there was a, in my mind, again, there was a reason that he was getting fouled because he's going up strong and going through people's arms as opposed to kind of trying to get, just get the ball up on the rim. Watching Washington film, there were times where I thought you guys could have gotten him the ball and, and weren't able to, and then tonight you did, and then he was able to do stuff on the short roll and then get, get to the line. Is that just, was that an emphasis before the game, or is that something that just kind of happened? Based no, on I, I think, you know, the, the, the short roll, particularly when they're – they're switching, you know, or blitzing is just there. And, you know, I thought at the beginning of the game, you know, he, he made the right play and, and Rudy, like a lot of us during the second quarter, um, I thought we, we had a lead and it became a little more about kind of individual guys making a play. Um, but for the most part, and I think you saw that in the second half that, there was a focus on that. He finished his role and got to the rim when he didn't have the short roll. And that's really big. You know, when, when our big stop in the middle of the lane and try to seal, um, we don't have driving lanes and, you know, ironically they, they don't get the ball because there's people that are behind them. But when they, when they fight for the rim, um, you know, there's times when they get held and fouled, but to not allow that to, to deter you. Um, and then the floors really spread out, you know, I think, and that shows by, you know, the shots we got from three. So I, our, our guys are, are focused on getting into them. I think we've gotten better. One, he's 
we're, we're allowed, we're giving, you know, the passers an opportunity to hit him high where only he can get it. And then he's keeping it high as opposed to ceiling, you know, and not really having a target because um, he's got to break his seal in order to catch the ball. So I, th- I think on both ends, um, guys making, you know, the right read to see him and see him quickly. You know, if you, if, if you wait, you know, the help comes and he's not there. Um, and that, you know, that's going to happen too. Sometimes the help is packed in and then we got to make the same read and hit the corner. But um, I think that's something our team wants to do. And I think our execution in those situations has gotten better. And I think it, you know, continue to get better because of kind of fundamentally the way we're going about it. Um, you know, we were getting really good looks, you know, and, and, you know, and then it's kind of the, we were getting good looks and missing and, you know, they were, they were making some shots, particularly Rozier hit some shots. Um, and then we turned the ball over, you know, the, the, there was four or six points that we just handed to them. Um, when we might've been able to get something really easy on the other end. Sometimes if you get something easy, that, that next three goes in, um, you know, but they're, they're, they're a good offensive team, you know? And, and I think is when we did get a little bit of a lead, they start, you know, you start to, to get more aggressive shooting the ball and attacking St. Charlotte um, because you, you feel the game and you feel like you need to attack. And, you know, that's what they did. Ball hit a couple t- tough floaters. You know, those are, he can make that shot, but that's not an easy shot. And as I said, you know, we gave up a couple threes and we handed him a couple, a couple layups um, when we, when we turned it over. I think, you know, all those things compounded to, to lead to that run. Is there any concern that you guys are building double-digit leads and, and not even multiple games? Like it's a pattern where you guys are building double-digit leads and and, and surrendering them. Is, is there some emphasis in trying to put those those I mean, games away? That was halftime, as much as anything, right? You know, when when you score 18 points or whatever it was, 19 in the second quarter, 18, 19. I can't even read it. That's what's going to happen, you know, and. The, the, the more that we're conscious of, you know, making quick decisions, you know, I think that connects us and the defense uh, is the, the important thing to, to stymie those runs. You know, it's instead of a 12 point run, it's an eight point run. And, you know, that those two buckets, those four points make, make a difference, you know, especially if you hit a shot. But to me, it's less about, you know, 12, 10, 14, as it is about what are we doing, you know, that's allowing that to happen. And that's why, you know, I was so pleased in the second half that the way that we played there, there, you know, those runs, that one run came obviously, but I didn't feel like it was the same as it was earlier in the game. We were, we were playing the right way. As I said, even, there were times where I think we passed up a, a better shot, you know, just to, to, to move the ball. And, um, you know, I, I know, you know, I'll never complain about that, you know, because I think that unselfishness is something that really permeates our group. And I thought Donovan, like Donovan had a, was on the rim for a layup and he kicked it to the corner, you know, but those, that's who we are. 
And I think our guys take pride in that. And the more we play that way, I think the less we'll see those types of runs. Those couple of turnovers back to back in the fourth quarter and a timeout after that. Is that just like a moment where you're like, all right, compose yourselves? Or what 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 needs to be done in that moment? Yeah, I think sometimes the timeout will help you get to the next play. And, you know, there's certain mistakes because of what the potential is on the other end that you feel them even more. Um, where, you, you know, you go from feeling like you've got numbers and you're going to score to all of a sudden they they lay it in and, and that, that can be deflating. So, you know, sometimes a timeout will help you collect yourself and just understand it's like, you know, made can't make that play, but, you know, we're going to get out there and, you know, we're playing pretty good outside of that. So let's get focused back on and the way we're playing and not that specific play. There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Let's move along to the players. Let's start things off with Rudy Gobert. So in nine losses and over half of the losses that you guys have had, um, you guys have had double digit leads and you won this game, but you also had a double digit lead. And, you know, is that, is that, is that a concern for you guys? And, you know, what do you do about it? I think it's causing maturity, you know, and, uh, the Hornets is a team that also uh, gets down early and or usually comes back. So it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, I think it's the way we play. You know, we we got to remind ourselves that it's, it's natural when you get up 20 to, you know, kind of uh, relax a little bit. But we have to, you know, remind ourselves, remind each other uh, to keep playing the right way. Uh, I thought tonight. I thought we 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 kept playing the right way. You know, we just missed a lot of open shots. Uh, some night is going to happen. Uh, I don't feel like we we let down at any time defensively. You know, Terry Rozier got hot, made a few tough shots. Uh, that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, except, except the second quarter, I thought the ball was pretty was moving pretty well the whole game. So you know, I like the way we kept. You know, we kept playing, and I like the way we, when we got down one, three minutes left, we we kept playing the right way, kept trusting each other, and uh, and we were able to make the shots and make the right play at the right time. Your high, fifteen free throws made in sixteen attempts. Um, Quinn was talking about how you were finishing. How he was impressed by you finishing strong, of course, putting down the possession, of course. In the what was that? What was that for uh, yeah, I could. I, I think I could have had a few more and ones. Uh, I missed a few more easy stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm just confident. I've been putting a lot of work on the free throws over the years, so uh, you know, uh, every time I shoot, you know, I shoot to make it. And tonight, uh, I got an opportunity to get to the line a lot, so it was uh, yeah, it was great. It was, when you say that you played a lot of work over the years, what does that work at the free throw line look like? Is it just reps or how has your shot changed? Well, we, we, we've changed a bit my, my form. Uh, Started like about more than a year, a year and a half ago. Uh, so it was a, it was a process. Uh, you know, we kind of had to break it down to rebuild it. And, uh, and now I'm feeling much more comfortable, you know, and uh, I think it's only going up, you know, from now, like a, I can feel. I don't know what you guys can. You can see better than I. I can probably feel it. But uh, yeah, I've been. Yeah, I've been feeling better from the line. Can you 
kind of have more confidence in the line? Is it easier to kind of be aggressive finishing just because if you get fouled, it's like, I'll still get two points? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've always been the, the mindset. I've never been scared to get to the line. You know, some some guys uh, have, have that mindset. I've never had a mindset. You know, I've always, sometimes I'm actually looking for the foul more than actually looking to score. So I need to, you know, go try to score every time and uh, keep playing with force. And uh, if they're gonna foul me, you know, I gotta I gotta punish them at the line, and it it changes it changes the game. You know, they try to foul me, they get fouls, and we 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 get points on the line. So it's uh, especially in the playoffs. You know, it's something that is very important. Talking about how when they switch, you're trying to seal down low. You kind of got to choose between whether you're giving your passer a target or trying to seal down low like this. How are you kind of playing that, and kind of what's the feel there in terms of like? Um, yeah, I think you know it's just it's mostly about my my balance. You know, make sure I don't. If I'm fighting with my arms, obviously if they throw the ball, I can't catch it. Um, I think about the last few games or this year, you know, this season, I think, I've, and especially with the summer over in, in the in Tokyo in the Olympics, uh, I've got a lot better at taking position. And now it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of you know making sure that when my teammates throw it, uh, they can have confidence that I'm going to catch it and I'll get fouled, you know, like it happened tonight. But yeah, just keep giving my teammates, my coaches confidence. Uh, and when I get it, you know, it's usually a foul or bucket. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I put a lot of work to be able to, 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 to do that. And I know that it's, it's key for us, you know, teams are, have been switching against us and, you know, for us, we have to, keep having that mindset of punishing the switch, whether it's with the drive or it's using our bigs. And I think we got two dominant bigs that can really punish them on the switches. What was going wrong for you guys other than maybe just missed shots when Charlotte on that 22 run and, and what did you guys turn around to? Uh, once again, uh, there's, there was, there's, there are some games where I feel like we really, uh, get comfortable defensively or we let down uh, tonight. I mean, maybe we got, we let Terry Rosier uh, make a few shots, but I feel like we were right there. You know, we were guarding him. Uh, he's a tough shot maker. Sometimes he's going to get hot. That plus, you know, uh, we had a few, few long ribbons or a few turnovers. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, turnover is going to happen sometimes as long as we, you know, we lock in the next possession and we don't get like two or three in a row and give them lay fast break points, layups. Uh, you know, I think it's it's part of the game. But uh, I thought we kept kept moving the ball. We kept sharing the ball. Uh, and we got open shots, you know, from guys that are fully pushed on three-point shooters. You know, so it's, uh, we got we to gotta live with that. Is there someone specifically that's working on working with you on your free throw when you were talking about like breaking it down and building it back up? So yeah, I got I got my I got my coach uh, Fernando. I've been working with for a little less than two years. So yeah, it's, it's been it's been great. You know, I've been uh, working out of my house uh, at night. You know, uh, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, I can feel the you know I can feel more and more comfortable. So it's. Uh, I know how important it is for me to take another step, and uh, and also you know, like if I'm on the ball, I, I got to be able to knock down the free throws, um, and uh, you know it's it's key, especially once again, especially in the playoffs. Ready.
Rudy, you guys had 22 offensive rebounds, 22 second chance points, and the offensive boards were pretty much spread out through the roster. What can you say about the effort, collective effort of getting to the offense? It's been a it's been a point of emphasis for us. You know, we we know that teams are usually bringing like two or three guys to to box me out and. Uh, and uh, you know, we if we're able to to get a rebound or even tip it out of bounds, you know, like we we it keeps the other team from running. So it's either you know we always say no purgatory. It's like either we spring back or we we crash. We go to the balls, but no in between. And uh, I keep telling the guys to yeah when I when I go and there's like three guys try to box me out, like you leave some openings for those guys and. Uh, Royce is a, is a great rebounder. I think Donovan, uh, when he does, like he can, he's, he's, he's a great rebounder. Boyan, uh, Rudy Gay, obviously, you know, all those guys. The only one that has a pass is Joe. We just tend to run back. But uh, everybody else, even Mike, can, can grab a few, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's it's huge. You know, it's I think it's uh, it's very deflating for the other team when we we get a, we get a shot and we, we miss and we get another rebound and then we kick it out, we get another three. Uh, our dunk, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a huge part of what we do, and I think that's why we've been uh, even better offensively. There's Rudy, 2020 for Rudy, 21, uh, or excuse me, 23 points, 21 rebounds for Rudy Gobert. Let's now go to Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, exactly, we couldn't kind of blow them out easily. We had a 20 points, 20 points lead, but second, second half, we couldn't. We could have hit any three. We missed a, a lot of lot of free throws as well. But overall, W is W. I mean, it's not like we like we wanted. But uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, who cares? You hit those two big threes kind of stretch after they come back and take the lead. Um, what was working for you in that situation? I mean, Donovan had a great, great penetration. He, he gets to the pain and then he hit me. I was, I was wide open on, on, on the right corner. I missed previous, previous two from, from the same spot, but, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident taking, taking my, my shot and, 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 and they were looking, looking for me as well. I mean, they play a whole game, one, three, one defense. So they kind of wanted to slow us down. Like you mentioned before, we had a, a lot of wide open shot. We shot fifty three. So if if we, if we shoot it like like we are usually shooting, it would be easy game for us. But uh, I don't know. If you ask me, it's better that we won this way after losing two 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 games straight, blowing out like twenty more than double digit lead. So I think that it's better that we won this way. I mean, it was kind of calm down the moment they were trying pressure us full court because they was desperate playing two to one, two to one full court zone. So instead of turnovers Donovan and, and Mike start to attack attack them right away and then how oh, I got a two 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 threes and then Donovan and Mike had a had a couple couple free throws as well so it's just to put a ball in in their hands and and, and make them make them uh, make plays for uh, for themselves or or for all of us 
side when you catch if you're going to do a dribble and a sidestep or a pump fake or if you're going to go straight up because you kind of mix it up a lot i mean i already had a couple couple dunks so mike was playing on a on my side picking on a strong side so i think that kelly was was on me he kind of pulled pulled in a little bit and and, and i had in enough time to to get a ball up right away especially i hit a, like i said i i hit a one from right corner before so i knew that uh that kind is is going in i mean they play they play small and he was he was just dominating them like especially on uh on the boards he finished with a 20 or more more boards a couple couple offensive ones that are they were really really important for us but uh but overall he's he's doing his job every every single game so he's he's playing well there's Bogdanovich, 23 points. He also had some big buckets in the fourth quarter to uh, keep the the uh, the Hornets at bay as the Jazz win 112-102. Let's wrap up the player sound with Donovan Mitchell. Those couple of turnovers in the fourth quarter and then Charlotte took the lead. Those are also on like opportunities that you guys are going to have a little bit. And then Quinn takes that timeout. What needs to be said in that moment? Honestly, after the past two games, nothing. Um, it was real quick. It was just like, let's just fix it. Really wasn't much to say. Um, we knew. I think the the outlet that Rudy threw, you know, just being vigilant, and then Boyan's an aggressive turnover. Um, can't really complain about that. You know, we had numbers. He drove and tried to attack, and he lost the ball. Those things happen, you know. But it's how you respond. Like I said, um, like I've been saying, you know, how do we respond from that? And you know, you saw what we did after that. We called a timeout. We gathered ourselves and, and locked back in. Got to give them credit. They came back from a. a, a Last night they, they they got beat pretty bad, you know, and to come in here and then have the same thing happen, they could easily just let us do the same. But they came back and fought and competed, and you know we didn't make shots, but we played we played well. I think you know I think we played solid. We get turned the ball over, had some mishaps, but we did a lot of good things. You know, even though the shots didn't fall, but you know for us to come out with the victory the way we did, I think we're all happy with it. Jumping off that, I guess. I mean, the ball movement, like all of that, felt good. Was it just a case of shots not falling? Yeah, shots didn't go in. Typical shots, you know, missing layups, missing missing floaters, missing threes, and we 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 got to where we wanted. They they played zone. We were able to break it and get into the paint. But you know, sometimes the shot doesn't go in. You just got to step up on the defensive end, and it's tough when you're missing shots and they're hitting tough shots. You know, when we're missing and they're hitting tough shots, that's that's tough as 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 a for for morale. You know, I think it's it's tough as well because you're sitting there just like, man, like, you know, I feel like it's just kind of happening over and over again. But, you know, mentally, being mentally tough, mentally strong and being able to execute and down the stretch like we did, I think was huge. Is it, is it a little weird to have a game where you guys shoot as poorly as you did and have, like, universally everyone comes in and say, we played really well tonight? Um, I mean, yeah, because I don't think, you know, you can dictate a performance off of made shots. You know, we've 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 kind of been that way because we have been shooting the ball well recently we've been it's been easy for us it's been you know blowouts i wouldn't say blowouts but it's been 15 16 point wins you know we're up a lot you know so for us i mean obviously losing the last two if you take the last two out, out of it you know we were making a lot a lot of shots and, and and executing well so for us to have a game like this where we're up a lot not making shots they're making tough ones they're finishing getting tip-ins like off loose balls and stuff like that you know you can easily like i said you can kind of go left and just be like man like it's just a compounding uh, I wouldn't even call it a mistake. It's just compounded thing after thing. Uh, but we didn't do that. You know, we were able to go in and continue to execute and do what we do and, you know, trusted each other.
Third ranked offense in the league in Charlotte, and I mean, what did you guys do well against them? Just made the shot, made it tough. Uh, Royce and Mike, I think, uh, did a great job. Uh, I will give them credit, you know, being making it hard on Lamelo. And, and Terry ended with nineteen, but or seventeen, whatever. But you know, keeping them fairly quiet, you know, throughout the whole game because they're they're very talented, you know. And I think that was definitely, you know, big a big thing for us getting stops, uh, keep, keep kind of killing the head of the snake. Um, Miles, Miles did have, have a solid game. You know, he's playing well as well. But, you know, I think it starts with those two, those two go-getters, man. And, you know, when you have Mike and, and Royce Garden the way they did, and obviously it's no secret Rudy's down there dominant as ever. Uh, but I think especially those two making it tough on the two guards, the two guys who get the offense going throughout the whole game. Um, Got to give him credit. When Rudy goes to the line, how more, much more confident are you today than you were when you first got into the league? I would say... I don't mean this disrespectfully. I would say a lot. You know, I think a lot of it was because I see the work and the progress that went into it. You know, when you first get here, you know, three throws weren't his strong suit. You know, finishing wasn't nice. Seeing him finish, you've seen him confidently get up there. Um, and I think, you know, you're just seeing it. He, he shoots those free throws. He's working on them, you know, because we're throwing him the ball. I think a lot more this year than we have in, in recent years. So now he's getting fouled. Now he's punishing these switches. And, you know, if they want to do that, you know, not so much just during regular season, but during playoffs, if they want to, you know, foul him and put him on the line, he's got to be able to hit like he did tonight. And, you know, he's got to continue to do that. And, you know, the, we see the work that he's putting in and it's showing now in front of everybody, but he's been putting the work in on, on that in particular on, on free throws because he understands that he's going to have to seal punish switches and, and get fouled and make the free throws. He mentioned that, like, uh, Especially coming from a, uh, a jumper or a free throw, you know, from your, if you're changing your base or changing your, that can take a while. Um, that that's not something that just happens like, Oh, let me work on it from June to October and it'll be fixed. You know, it takes time, you know, and it takes going through rough patches. You know, I think that's something that people understand. Like it's one thing to work and change. And, you know, you look at, for example, it's not, it's not the same, but for example, you look at Lonzo ball, you know, how he's changed his over his career. It's not something that just happens, you know, overnight. So it's, it's a lot, it's a mental, it's a mental battle because it's not always going to be perfect, you know, going out there and continuing to find ways to put the work in and believing in it, you know, and he's believed in it and he's, he's showing it and he's, and he's doing it and they're falling. There's Donovan, 21 points on 7 of 20 shooting, 2 of 10 from 3. Donovan had 6 boards and 6 assists as well. Jazz win 112-102 over the Hornets. Up next, the Jazz have the Timberwolves at Vivint Arena coming up on Thursday night. That game will tip off at 7. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. There's the best of the postgame show. What is trending? All the headlines next.